Hey, Tim, here's a question for you. Do you guys uh, do the same thing like uh, most guys do when they, like, rent a charter and you go with, you know, first deer down, there's a prize, you know, the biggest deer down that weekend, there's a prize? Smallest Absolutely. deer, there's a punishment. You know, what I mean, Absolutely, yeah. There's there's a lot of a lot of people leave there with half their bills left on their hats for missing, and uh, we do have the big big buck contest. Uh, that's uh, we all usually put in a few bucks and have a good time with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, there's uh, I've left there with my shirt tail cut off several times. <laughs> <laughs> Camel boots on my feet, bow in my hand, walking in the early dawn to climb One of up presents. Welcome to American Roots Outdoors, everybody. Alex Shrutledge in the house, along with Redbone Mike Grace and Wayne Locke, our director of ARO Podcast, and Redbone, the director of ARO Radio. And we've got a great show lined up for everybody. Uh, the title of this show is going to be called Deer Camp 2020. All right. Well, it's certainly good timing. Yeah, that's for sure. Because <laughs> Deer Camp time is here, Alex. Yes, it is. You know, uh, as the days progress here in the Midwest, everybody, we're starting to see more and more rut action. Uh, bucks chasing does, uh, pushing does, and... Uh, it's uh, it's it's kicked on here in the Midwest, haven't you? You've been getting some pictures also of some bucks, haven't you, Wayne? Yeah, I just sent you some more today. I don't know if you got them yet, but uh, yeah, they're starting to show up. And uh, matter of fact, coming in here today, that hour drive I got to get here, I that's all I saw left and right was bucks in the field and does about thirty yards from them. Hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. The pictures that I got from you, uh, they're decent bucks, and uh, I mean, I'd shoot probably one of them. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's there's one there that definitely looks like a shooter, but uh, I was shooting uh, more of those over to you just to show you the up-and-comers that we got uh, in the area. Yeah, well, that's good. You know, we've got a lot of hunters across the country that's archery hunting, and their rifle season, they're starting up well, and uh, the subject matter today is Deer Camp 2020 again, and I just want to say I live in Shannon County, southern Missouri, in the Ozarks, along with Wayne. All of our listeners, Mr. Redbone, Mike Crace, lives in Oregon County, south of us, and of all the towns I've ever visited, I must say, Emmons, Missouri, is the most, how would I say this, the most religious and dedicated to Deer Camp 2020. I could not believe how many people are getting their campers ready and getting ready to move to their hunting sites. It's just unbelievable, everybody. It really is. That's good. That Wayne... Uh, when you came into the studio uh, this evening, and folks were recording on Wednesday, uh, were the campers already getting set up alongside the road? Did you see any? No, no campers. So, you know, Alex, and, and I was telling Wayne about this the other day off air, the fact that Highway 19 between Alton and Winona, uh, come rifle season, I mean, both sides of the road, everywhere there's a place to fit one, there's a camper with people that are coming in to camp and to hunt in the in the big woods up in northern Oregon and southern Shannon County. And uh, it really is kind of amazing how big an event that going to deer camp is. It really is. You know, as I, as I was saying, I want to reiterate this again. Emmons, Missouri is probably the most devout and dedicated town in our whole county to doing deer camps and getting our campers together and everything. And I've got a special guest going to join us in the show today is my boss, 
and it's Tim Rowland, and uh, man, this guy, he shares some stories with me. He looks forward to it every year, getting his camper together and his friends and family together, and he said the most exciting thing, you're going to love this red bone, for him is hosting everybody and taking care of everybody, cooking for everybody, mm-hmm. and just showing the fellowship. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the part that you remember the most. You know, one time uh, I went to a deer camp up in, uh, uh, well, up north of Mountain View, and, and Alex, you know, most of the guys I went with, Robbie Douglas, and uh, uh, oh, uh, uh, Gary Taylor's brother. Uh, <laughs> I forget his first name now, but but a whole bunch Tommy of guys. Taylor. Yeah, Tommy. Tommy yeah, Tommy. Yeah, Tommy. 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 I went with those guys to a, to a deer camp, and and I remember I killed a deer uh, that weekend, but. Mostly what I remember is everything that went on in deer camp, including firing up the generator on Sunday at noon to watch the Kansas City Chiefs football game before we went back out to hunt <laughs> on Sunday evening. I mean, it, that, that really is the best part of the hunt. I believe, I believe it is. Wayne, have you ever done a deer camp like that ever? No, actually, I've never done a deer camp. And it's not that I never had the opportunity to in Ohio. That's a big thing also, going to the state parks down there and that. A, a great friend of mine, T.J. Novak, he uh, pretty much runs a deer camp. Uh, he enjoys more of the cooking and taking care of people than he actually does getting out in the woods himself and doing it. But I've never had a chance because all my hunting pretty much has been urban hunting or the two farms that I had in northern Ohio that uh, always produced good deer for me. So I never you know, had a chance to go to any of the camps, but, boy, I wish I would have. Well, I tell you, it's a ritual uh, all across the country with people getting their campers together, uh, wall tents, etc. And, again, uh, Tim Rowland, him, him and I get to spend a lot of time together, and he shared some of these stories. And I thought, man, what a great subject matter for a show, Deer Camp 2020. And we're going to get some of his ideas and some of the things he does at camp and, and, and some of the experiences that goes on during the camp. And I think it's going to touch a lot of people. And it may even motivate more people to want to do a deer camp after we get done with this show. But uh, we've got a great show lined up for everybody. And we've got a few more minutes left here before we go to a break. But uh, I want to ask you guys this question. How many of you guys are seeing bucks? And, Wayne, you saw some on the way to the station today. Are you seeing more bucks on their feet, Redbone? Uh, yes. As a matter of fact, I was over at my youngest son Adam's house uh, Tuesday, and uh, we're doing some work on his wood furnace and the house he just bought and needs to work on the wood furnace. And uh, the the guy that's working on the furnace and I were standing in his front yard and uh, looked across the road in the field, uh, just across the road from his house, and there were six does over in the field. We were talking, and uh, I bet the other guy had his car, his truck started. It had the radio on. It was blaring. And uh, those deer didn't pay any attention. All of a sudden, we look up. And out of the uh, wood line steps an eight-point buck, a nice buck, and nose in the air. He was he was sniffing for those does, and he walked right across an open field, probably about 50 yards, and then walked right down where those does were. He never paid a bit of attention to us, Alex. And I don't know if this deer was used to hearing people, but I'm talking about a deer that was within 40 yards. We're standing wide open in the front yard with a radio playing and talking, and all he was concerned about was those six does standing down in that field. And he oh. went down, and they had sombered off into the bottom. And we were talking about it, and the guy that I was talking with, uh, not really a deer hunter. I don't think he hunts at all, but we were like, hey, there's, there's a buck right there. And uh, I just piped in and said, uh, uh, by the way, if it was rifle season, I would shoot that buck. <laughs> well, Redbone, to, to, to answer your question, you said a key word several times there, why that buck was acting like that. Number one is yeah. that he is truly, truly in love. Mm-hmm. And the key word you kept saying was six does, six yes. does. 
So that's going to be part of our subject matter in Deer Camp 2020 is some of the secrets to having a successful farm and managing uh, the deer herds on your farm. But the key word was six does, and that's mm-hmm. why that buck was acting that way. He's truly in love. He's waited all year for this romance, and that's why he's so stupid. He'll do anything to kiss an old doe in the ear. <laughs> Typical guy. <laughs> Typical guy. And speaking of uh, uh, kissing somebody in the ear, it's probably time for us to take a break. Yes, it is, everybody. You're listening to American Roots Outdoors. When we come back, I've got my special guest, my boss, one of my best friends, Tim Rowan. We're going to talk about Beezer Industrial Professionals, uh, Tim's American Roots, and his passion for deer camp. Don't go away. We'll be back with more American Roots Outdoors. After this. Hi, everybody. This is Aaron Tippin, and you're listening to my old buddy Alex Rutledge with American Roots Outdoors. And good morning. Red what would you say if I could tell you that you could kill a buck on a certain day? I would say you're crazy. There's no way to predict how the bucks are going to move. Well, you're wrong. There's a new camera out called Wise Eye Technologies. These guys can predict the actual deer movement exact time that a deer is going to come through. Really? Wise Eye Technology? This camera has five megapixel pictures, has a GPS system built inside, and it's an experience using this camera. It collects data and tells you the movement, wind direction, everything. On a camera? On a camera. WiseEyeTechnologies.com. And how do I find out more information about these guys? You go to WiseEyeSmartCam.com. I'm using them. You should, too. Make your hunt easier. Use WiseEye. Hornady presents. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors. This is segment two of our show, and our Subject matter and title of this show is Deer Camp 2020. And as promised in the first segment, I've got a special guest on the show here today. This guy's not a professional athlete. He's not a country singer. He is well-known in his field, though, and that is in the industrial work uh, all across the U.S. This guy's got many years in the field, and he's my boss and one of my best friends. And I want to welcome him to the show. He's a man of faith. Uh, that's the thing that really impresses me about this guy and the knowledge he has everything. But uh, Tim Rowland, welcome to the show. Hey, welcome. Glad to be here, guys. <laughs> Glad to be here. Uh, it's an honor to be on the show. First of all, I'd just like to say, uh, talk a little about my faith. Come on. You know what? God's not dead. He's, Come on. He's still on. on the throne. We just have to put our faith in him and let this stuff play out. That's right. I'm glad you touched on that, because I was going to bring it up. But, man, you went well, right to the point. Such a passion of mine. Oh, it is. To, uh, to spread the word. It is. Let him know, you know, God's got this. He's got, he'll take care of us. So, uh, on with that, I have been with Beezer Industrial Professionals for about 20 years. Gosh. And uh, it was, uh, we're lucky to land Alex. As our, uh, well, I appreciate guy. that. I'm yeah. learning. He fired me five times, everybody, but he hired me back. He loves me. And that was just today. He makes it easy sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, especially when he starts rubbing them trees outside the office there. He'll take his heart at and go around and start rubbing trees. So you know what time of year it is when he starts doing that. Let me ask you this question, Tim. So all of our listeners, and there's 19 uh uh, different countries that listen to this show because diesel does work all over the U.S. Yeah, and we specialize in industrial plants, mainly cement plants, but we do all kinds of industrial plants. 
we're going to get into the visa part, but let's talk about Tim Rowland real quick. Where was Tim Rowland born? What year was you born? I was born in uh, 1975 in Shreveport, Louisiana. Uh, my mom married, uh, of course, a hillbilly from Shannon County. <laughs> so uh, that brought me to the Ozarks and uh, lived there my whole life and love it. Uh, wouldn't be any any other place, Alex. Yeah. You was born down south uh, again, and uh, your ancestors are down there. And your mom, again, I'm reiterating, married a man, a hillbilly, uh, the Martins. Yep. Let's talk about the Martin Rich real quick. They man, were. they're deep in Shannon County. Loggers, deer hunters, houndsmen. Yeah. You love gigging and fishing and yeah. spending time on the river. Um, just the good Shannon County roots. You know, you, you just don't get harder workers than loggers. <laughs> right. The sawmill guys in our area. We grew up tough, man. It grew up tough and rough and had to get out and hunt and fish and and just have a good time with family. Let me ask you, here's a good question. You shared these stories with me because I get to spend a lot of time with you, Tim. And we're talking right now, everybody, from the motel room in Roanoke, Virginia. The rut is on in Missouri right now. And it, trust me, it's killing us, but we're dedicated to our job at Beezer. You told me as a kid, 11 years old, 10 years old, you was working in the back of the mill. You was also logging with your family. Let's talk about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, when your your family has a, a business like that and people don't show up, people get sick, you know, Dad would come get you. <laughs> hey, it's your day to work. So uh, if he had to come get you out of school, that's what it was. You know, you would jump in there and work in the back of the mill or jump in the log woods and jump on a skidder and skid logs all day. So... Eleven years old, everybody. If I may interrupt, eleven years old running a skitter. Now think about that red bone and Wayne. Now if you do that today, they file a lawsuit or something, some child harassment or abuse or something. You got a word to say on that, guys? I do. I can say I'm sixty years old and I still don't know how to operate a skitter. <laughs> well, it's just part of the life there growing up in Shannon County. You know, Absolutely. A lot of loggers in the area back then. They was, and, and you know, you're, again, your roots are really deep in Shannon County, and uh, you've learned hard work ethic from your roots. And, uh, again, what we're going to do now, you went to school at Emmis, you played basketball, you was a very good basketball player. You called many a game that he played in, Redbone. Uh, yeah, I probably did, yeah. He would have been in, in high school, what, around 1995? You were there in the uh, the early to mid-90s? Uh, 93 is when I graduated. 93 when you graduated, yeah. Yeah, I started yeah. doing games here in 1981, so yeah, uh, we we probably I saw you play and, and you probably scored 20 on whoever we were playing. <laughs> well, I tell you what, man, if we could ever play the Malton Comets within 20, we thought we were doing good back then. <laughs> well, they were really good in those years, weren't I they? I tell you, they were tough. They were tough. All right, so uh, yeah, but boy, and, and Alex, you know, we didn't touch on the basketball in Shannon County because between you know eminence. Uh, with the basketball and the volleyball and Winona with basketball and volleyball. Uh, man, there's a lot of state championships. And then, I mean, even that whole Big Springs Conference with Van Buren in there, I mean, those boys know how to play, and they know how to play in the big-time games. Absolutely, yeah. That that Big Spring Conference, I really think, is one of the toughest conferences around. I mean, there's always good athletes coming mm-hmm. out of there. And it doesn't matter. I haven't been there. My kids are graduated but I still go back and try to watch the Big Springs Conference Tournament. That's one of the best tournaments in the state of Missouri. It is so competitive from top to bottom. I mean, and it is like a war. It doesn't matter if it's an opening round game or the championship game. And, and I know that, that you know this. They don't care where they have the tournament. It is going to be standing room only for the finals night. And uh, the games are just absolute wars. 
Yes, absolutely. And you can see right now, as watching the junior high squads all in the area this year, mm-hmm. gonna be you're going to have to burn the doors down <laughs> to win a game in a few years in our Big Springs Conference. Probably. Every team around is just going to be awesome. Yeah, I think so. A lot of great coaches, you know, some of the best coaches in, I think, in the history of the state of Missouri. And, of course, it starts with Brownie Smith and, uh, you know, up in that area. And then, of course, Pete McBride, a Hall of Famer. And, I mean, you've had some good coaches up there, and that certainly helps. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The coaching tradition is is awesome in our area. I guess you would have played for uh, Coach Keeling, didn't you? I played for uh, Coach Jeff Boner. Oh, okay, you played for Boner. All right, well, I mean, that might be the exception. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, Jeff. He's probably listening. Uh, but anyway, yeah, a lot of great coaches so, over the years. Yeah, yeah, it was it was tough back then. Well, you know, we got just a couple of minutes left here, and, and before we go to another break, Tim, and uh, we talked a bit about your grade school, you went to school, and where you were born and raised, and you went to college. Your hard work ethic uh, that you was taught has, has inspired you, and your family pushed you to go to college. So you went to college. Let's talk about your college real quick. I went to, uh, to Lintex and uh, hit on the, the millwright side and the welding side of the industry, which when I come out of high school, I could weld, you know. You know, then they were teaching kids a trade, you know. Uh, so I come out of high school as a welder, and I went ahead and pursued that career. And, of course, they put you on the road a lot, and mm-hmm. uh, I just continually worked hard and stayed in there and stayed after it and just worked my way up through these are so, today. so you 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 got married. You name you married a beautiful lady, a, a woman of faith, and you guys are so dedicated to our church. One on Assembly of God, she teaches a Sunday school, and, and let me tell you, folks, you talk about dedication. Tim Rowland, his wife are there when the, every time the doors are open and when they shut, they're the first there and usually the last to leave. And they're so dedicated, and we're so fortunate to have you and Amy and your family. And uh, you know, Tim also preaches too everybody. So uh, Tim uh, loves the Lord, as you heard earlier in the show, and, and you're getting to hear his story. And we're going to lead into this uh, next segment, talking about Beezer and then, then into Deer Camp 2020. But th- that being said, you, you worked at Doe Run for a while, huh? and you was a foreman there, worked underground. we got about a minute left here on this one. Yep, worked underground as production foreman. Mm-hmm. And you got their production up that's one of the things we talked about this you you, you met above and beyond their goals that you was hired to do yes yes absolutely again that goes into the maintenance side of it knowing <laughs> what what needs to be done with the equipment and stuff to get that production exactly so there you go what a great story everybody uh, we're going to go to a break here don't go away we'll be back with more of Tim Rowan these are industrial professionals National Project Manager, Midwest Superintendent. We'll be right back with more right after this. This is Brenda Valentine, and you're listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and Friends. Hornady's presents. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors, segment three of our show. And again, our special guest is Tim Rowland. He is the Beezer Industrial Professional National Project Manager, Midwest Superintendent. He's my boss and one of my best friends. And we've uh, traveled the country together. We're actually talking again from a motel room in Roanoke, Virginia, as the ruts going on in the Ozarks shows our dedication to our jobs. 
But what I want to talk about right now, Beezer Industrial Professionals, uh, let's talk about them. Who owns Beezer? And tell the story of that, how you met up with them and how you become an employee with them. Uh, Frank Beezer is the owner of Beezer, and he's out of uh, Fairfield, California. Uh, he come here from uh, Canada many years ago and started out as a welder millwright himself and then started his own company. Mm-hmm. Uh, worked very hard. He owns vineyards and race teams and a lot of stuff going on in the California area. So we decided to start a Midwest division. You know, we're trying to get guys and crews from California to the Midwest, and that just wasn't feasible. So we started up a Midwest division located there in Eminence. And when did you start that, Tim? Uh, two years ago? How many years ago? Uh, about five years ago, we started the process okay. of getting this moved to the Ozarks. And uh, I, I can say right now we've been very successful in the last couple of years. Uh, you know, you just got to get out and beat the road and mm-hmm. do your sales and uh, meet face-to-face. You know, mm-hmm. show the customers you can trust. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's kind of easy coming out of the Midwest. Because uh, if you tell them you're from California, they kind of <laughs> they kind of look the other way. But uh, Frank, you know, don't take it wrong, right? Yeah, don't take it wrong. You're coming out of the Midwest. The Midwest harvest guys is awesome. The, the, the guys, the crews, just the people in general. You have the farmers, the hardworking crews that come out of the Midwest. It's just you can't beat that. Yeah, and I think again, uh, I may reiterate and go back to her conversation last segment. It goes back to the roots, how to raise these 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 workers that you have. Your staff, I think, we have an unbelievable, hardworking staff, dedicated, uh, very loyal to Beezer and to Tim Rowland and, yeah. and our team. You know, we, so we have a really good group of young guys, and that's hard to find right now. Oh, it is. There's just if we don't get the millwrights and welders. To keep going in the in the way we're going right now, we're gonna the United States is gonna be out of millwrights and welders. You're right. We have to start with these young guys, and it has to go back to our schools and our school systems and start teaching these trades, mm-hmm. so these kids can can go out into the world and make something of themselves. But right now, I'm seeing a really good trend of 23 to 28 mm-hmm. year olds that are really starting to come on strong. So that's a really good sign for our industry. Well, it is, and, and, and again, the reason it's happening, Tim, is because of, you know, you're reaching out to these younger guys, I think, and what, you, you shared, if you don't mind me sharing, uh, you come up with the idea that you would like to have a trade school in our county sometime. You see, if we can look at getting a grant or something to have a trade school, and you'd be glad to help teach this trade. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. I think that would be something that uh, we can pass on to kids, you know. It's really easy to pat the top four on the back in each class. But we forget the bottom four. You're right. And that's what we mess up as a society. Wow. You know, we really need to pick those ones up and teach them a trade so they can go out and provide for themselves and their families. You're right. You're right. Well said. Beezer, industrial professional Tim Rowland. Uh, we're going to change the subject here now. We're going to talk about Deer Camp 2020. If you want to learn more about Beezer, go to www.beezerbip.com. If you're interested in a job and you're a welder, uh, go there, fill out a resume, and uh, we'll call you or you call us, and we'll set up an appointment, and we'll interview you, Tim and I will. And uh, we're looking for good workers that's dedicated, drug-free, and uh, ready to work. Because if, if you, you're not a worker, you ain't going to make it on this team. Right. You've got work. That's right. <laughs> work is there. It is there. We're building this division, and it's, it's uh, God is truly blessing Beezer in the Midwest Division. So that being said, let's talk about Deer Camp. Tim, you were sharing with me on many road trips. 
uh, how you love to cook, how you like to get everybody to their stand, and you go back to camp, and you kind of, uh, excuse the expression, uh, you, you put yourself before everybody else. Absolutely. You do. Absolutely. Your <laughs> camp to me, it, it's been a tradition growing up in the Ozarks. You know, the uh, what I do is I set the deer, deer stands up. Get you do. Ready. Nobody oh, hardly helps you. No, no. I hope Nick's kids. listening and TJ and all of them. I, I'm going to point them out. Call all the kids yeah. and say, you know what, we're ready to go. Uh, usually set up and have a good cookout on Saturday night. Get yeah. All the family and friends there. It's just a good, good atmosphere. You know, we, we talk about God and church yeah. and we share and, and we talk about deer stories, stuff that's happened in the past. That's awesome. The good times we're going to have. Uh, whether we harvest a big deer or not, we still have a good good time. Well, I got to say, folks, I got to go to his farm. We're not going to tell you where it's at. He, he said, I ain't taking you there. I'm not taking you there. Well, finally, he took me. And on the way in, we seen, I'm not exaggerating, I know 12 to 15 deer on the way in. Then we went in, in there in his property and checking his cameras uh, and showed me pictures. Uh, this guy's got it going on. He's managing his property. Uh, they don't shoot little bucks unless it's an inferior deer or something wrong. And you guys are successful pretty much every year. Absolutely, absolutely. We have a good time. And it was hard at first to get those young kids to, to mm. back off those mm. little bucks. But you know what? When they see the return of, mm. of what we get, then they're really excited. So that's what just, just makes me so happy is setting <laughs> them up, getting them set in their eye spots, you know, get their tree stand filled. And then I step back and keep the old campfire and coffee going. You do. And when and I hear a shot, ready. absolutely. When I hear a shot, then I come running in there. Yeah, you so, do. You're there. I mean, they'll never forget that. You're leaving a legacy. Really, you are to to these guys, and they're going to pass it on to their grandkids. You know, they're going to say, you know, old Tim Rowland. You know, he hosted us at his camp many a time. My grandpa or my dad or whatever. I mean, he. You you created a legacy there at that deer camp. Absolutely. Lots of memories made there. And yes, there is. Anyway, we really like to cook, Alex. I know you do. I'm going to try to have to get up for Redbone, Wayne. Uh, the, uh, Redbone loves to cook, and so does Wayne. <laughs> so we're, we're hitting on the right things here. we got to go to a break here in about a minute. Uh, what we're going to talk about in the bonus thing, which is coming up in two more segments, is some of your secret recipes. Okay. Oh, now, what you be thinking about that? Uh, some of your secret recipes that you do in deer camp. But that being said, uh, just reiterating this segment, again, it's about you sharing, hosting the camp, making sure everybody stands safe, and you're always checking on them. Uh, you all communicate by phone just to check in when you can, but you don't have a signal all the time. Right, yeah, signal's pretty <laughs> tough up there. We do keep some radios uh, so the guys can in case communicate, yeah, communicate back and forth. But, uh yeah, we just we have a really good time. Everybody, you're listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. We've got Tim Rowland in the house from a motel room in Roanoke, Virginia, Holiday Inn. If you want to sponsor us, you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> and we're talking Deer Camp 2020. Don't go away. We'll be back with more American Roots Outdoors right after this. Hey, everybody. This is Michael Watton with Bone Collector, and you're listening to my buddy Alex Rutledge on American Roots Outdoors, man. Don't miss an episode. Passed on down, planted deep in the ground around your heart, so you never gotta worry what the wind might do. American Roots. 
everybody. This is Alex Rutledge with American Roots Outdoors. How many of you need an attorney? If you're like me, sometimes you do. I go to Zane Prevet at the Prevet Law Office, Willow Springs, Missouri. No case is too big or too small. You can call Zane at 417-469-3535. Zane Prevet at the Brevet Law Office. This is Alex Rutledge, and he is my attorney. Hornady presents. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge, Redbone, and myself, Wayne Locke. And we have uh, Tim Rowland as one of our guests today. And Tim, uh, you know, one of the things you were talking about, we're getting about this 2020 deer camp and what you do and how you get it ready. Where do you start it? I mean, do you are, are you starting like this back like in April and you're thinking, man, I got to start preparing for deer camp that's not happening until November? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, right after those turkeys put goblin, <laughs> you start on the, the deer camp because my schedule is hectic sometimes. You know, I'll, I'll get a call on a Wednesday like we did this week and we're in Roanoke. Instead of me pulling the camper in, so it's gonna be Friday. We'll uh, jump in and get everything pulled up there, and I'll have the kids start rolling in about dark, and I'll have everything ready for them. And then uh, we'll definitely start our uh, famous chili cook-off the uh, first night. Uh, we uh, usually throw some chili together, two or three different kinds, and uh, that's where we get started, you know. And then that's where the memories start. Uh, if the kids don't have, you know, they have a lot going on. If they don't have the hustle and bustle and trying to get all that together, they can show up and everything's ready and it just starts, starts the week off great. All right, so, Tim, here's my first question. When you're at deer camp, when you're, you're at the Tim Rowland deer camp, uh, is breakfast before you go out to hunt or is it during the break when everybody gets done hunting in the morning? It's during the break. Coffee will be ready in the morning. But it's during the break. I will definitely have breakfast ready for them. And what's a, what's a typical deer camp breakfast for y'all? We will have fried potatoes, eggs, biscuits and gravy, sausage and bacon. Mm. Wow. Sounds pretty good. And that, that's when they only have bass when they have a bad deer hunt. They don't kill a deer. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's a question for you, Tim. When you guys are heading out in the morning, do you guys, are you letting people go to their stands based on seniority? So the the more senior people are are you know that have gone to your camp the most they get the best stands. Do you guys pull straws? Who gets what? That's that's a really good question. I do I do tend to play little favorites here and there. I'll take my son up to a pretty good spot. Uh, my best friend Nick Spoonmore, he's been hunting with me up there for about twenty years. He gets a really good spot. And then we have the the Dyer twins. They're uh, they come up, so they kind of get the leftovers, but uh, they still get some pretty good areas. <laughs> as, as competitive as those boys are, it's a wonder they don't fight you for those better spots. I tell you what, yeah, my uh, youngest daughter, Mary, uh, Logan Dyer, oh. the oldest of those boys, and uh, the other two have just been like family for since they were little bitty. So, yeah, they get to come in, and they rough out a little bit, and, they're very, very competitive. Very competitive. We know that from the basketball court. Yep. I right, so then uh, you know, as the weekend progresses, I mean, what, what kind of food are we talking? What kind of food are you fixing for the guys? Well, we do uh, chili mm-hmm. on Friday night, and then Saturday we usually grill. We'll break the grills out, and we'll have steaks and, and different things like that. Uh, 
Sunday. Of course, we'll all hunt that morning. We'll run into church and uh, try to get an afternoon hunt in before church services. And then uh, Monday, we'll have like a usually a good soup. Uh, the kids really like a good potato soup and a vegetable soup. So we'll we'll throw some of that in, and hopefully by then we have some deer meat that's been tagged, and we can uh, start cooking the deer meat. Yeah, well, that sounds good. You know, there's nothing better than getting that deer that's been tagged and, and uh, you know, just go ahead and butcher part of that deer and, and cooking that over an open fire at deer camp. It is just something special about it. Absolutely. We love it. And we also like to sneak out and go gigging one night oh. and bring in some fresh suckers. Mm. Oh, that sounds good. Man, it, how, does, how does somebody have to go about getting an invite to this deer camp? <laughs> <laughs> well, don't call Alex. I, I, I made sure he didn't throw any breadcrumbs out when I took him. <laughs> hey, Tim, here's a question for you. Do you guys uh, do the same thing like uh, most guys do when they, like, rent a charter and you go with, you know, first deer down, there's a prize, you know, the biggest deer down that weekend, there's a prize? Smallest absolutely. deer, there's a punishment? <laughs> you know, I mean, Absolutely, yeah. There, there's a lot of... A lot of people leave there with half their bills left on their hats for missing, and uh, we do have the big big buck contest. Uh, that's uh, we all usually put in a few bucks and have a good time with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, there's uh, I've left there with my shirt tail cut off several times. <laughs> that's that's part of the good tradition. Well, you know, well, guys, I- you can tell from listening to this show and. Uh, the passion coming out of Tim's voice and the dedication he has for all of his guests. And, uh, you know, to all of our listeners all across the world that's listening, if you've never done a deer camp like this, uh, man, we want to encourage you to do it because it's a great way to pull people together. But also what Tim's doing, everybody, he is passing on a heritage that was passed down to him, again, from his ancestors. And uh, like I said earlier a couple times throughout the show, of all the towns I've been around, I've never seen a town so dedicated to deer camp like they are in Emmons, Missouri. It's crazy. Yep, yep, and that, that bustle started Monday. It's, it's like the uh, Thanksgiving, oh. uh, Black Friday, you know, <laughs> everybody is just going, going, going. And, and, and what's cool about the area is if you've camped there for years, nobody rushes in there and tries to block that off. Yeah. You know, it's just a respect thing for that area. If that's your spot that you camp for years, then that's where you camp. It's really, really good. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And, and Alex, one thing I want to say here is is the people listening to that and says, you know, that sounds like so much fun, but we don't have a camper. We don't really have a place to go. Well, there's not a reason that you can't do some of these things at your house. Absolutely, yeah. You could You could do it right there at your house. Invite the family over. That's where it starts. Getting mm-hmm. the family together and uh, having the good time. That's where the memories really start going. When you get everybody together and you just tell the stories. I think you could compare this deer camp, everybody, to like a Christmas dinner oh, or yeah. a Thanksgiving dinner or a family reunion in a sense. Uh, but you're getting to use your Second Amendment right and you're getting to pop some caps. And uh, I, I think a lot of it, too, is the storytelling. And we're going to talk about that in the upcoming segment, some of the stories. I want to hear some of your stories that uh, that uh, you've had in the past experiences there. i tell you what, uh, the, the one that really pops up is the year it flooded. Mm. And we had our camper across the river, and here come the creek. <laughs> 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 I'm trying to get that everything out of there that year, but uh, 
that really brought some memories back because everybody jumped in and helped each other. You know, it wasn't, oh, goodness, look at that. It was everybody yeah. jumped in, we got everything across the creek and uh, saved everything and still had a good season. That's something. So the creek rose. You you had your uh, camp when I was there. I seen your camper close to a creek, yep. and you're still about six foot above the creek. Right, yeah. or so, yeah. and it just flooded the whole bottom out. Yep, so you yeah. had to go in there and pull it out before the creek come up too big. Huh? Yeah, yeah. That creek rose probably about eight foot in a hurry. Wow, man, man. That's something that we face here a lot. Everybody in the Ozarks is flooding uh, throughout the year. In a lot of these creeks, and you've seen it, Redbone. You've seen it, Wayne, since you've been here. Oh yeah, I mean, my phone's always going off. Seems like every time we get a rain, that there's flooding in Shannon County warnings. Yeah, or somewhere. And, yeah, and somewhere, all, somewhere all, around all here, over in the hills, all yeah. over in the hills. You know, we've just got to just a minute or so here left, Alex. Uh, but I wanted to make one point, and and when Tim just talking about some of the memories, the first one that pops in his head has nothing to do with shooting a deer or a big buck. It has to do with the memories they made and everybody working together to save the camp because of a flood. That's pretty amazing. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, folks, this pretty much wraps it up. But I want to also remind everybody not to forget about the WiseEyeSmartCam.com giveaway that we got going on. And, Wayne, you're going to wrap her up and tell them about our podcast. Yeah, to listen to more of this uh, Deer Camp 2020, just go to our podcast uh, to listen to the bonus segment. You can go to any of your podcast carriers, listen to it. Make sure you leave us a review. If you are leave the reviews on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser, you'll be automatically entered in for a contest. Uh, Sarah Ann out of Iowa is this week's winner of a ARO Podcast T-shirt. Uh, we'll get a hold of her, get her size, and get that right out to her. Uh, she's been with us for almost since day one. And uh, she's been a loyal listener and follower on our Facebook page and that, so that's great to have uh, Sarah Ann on there. Also, make sure you enter for the Wise Eye Trail Camera uh, giveaway that we'll be drawing on December 1st. Again, leave your name on the review so we know who you are to contact the winner. <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to draw on uh, uh, the uh, the username and have no idea who it is. So make sure somewhere in that you, that review you do leave your real name so we can announce you for, as the winner. Uh, folks, yeah. uh, we're going to ready head over to the... Thing here. I want to thank Tim Rowland for being on the show, being a great guest. But also, if you want to listen to the bonus segment, everybody, Tim Rowland is going to share some of his secret recipes for deer camp. Back to you, Wayne. Yeah, so we're going to go ahead and head on over to the bonus segment, everybody. And, uh, again, thank you for listening to American Roots Outdoors. And like we say here in our ARO, when your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. So you never got to worry what the wind might do, American Roots. Thank you for joining us for today's American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. You can find us on Facebook. Look us up on the World Wide Web at AmericanRootsOutdoors.com. We'll be back again next week on this great radio station. Wise Eye Camera presents American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge. This is Wayne Locke. I got Mike Crace in the studio with me. Alex Rutledge is somewhere out traveling, and he's with Tim Rowland from uh, Visor. Tim, uh, we were talking about the uh, 2020 Deer Camp, and while we were talking in the last segment there, all I know is you guys made me hungry. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> you started talking about chili recipes and, and breakfast, and all of a sudden eggs, bacon, and sausage gravy sounds real good for dinner tonight. That's all. I, I got to call the wife now and have her get something ready for when I get home. <laughs> but 
you know, let, let's pick up from there. I mean, you guys have like contests that, you know, people bring in, the guys bring in their own chili and then, you know, you guys taste it and see who's gone better this year than last year. Or how do you do that? Absolutely. Mine always wins. Or <laughs> <laughs> you must be the judge. I'll tell you the secret to my chili. Oh, you wrote a I, I'm going to give it, give it up to you. It is medium temperature salsa. Really? When you make your chili, put the medium heat salsa in there. You get the like the one quart containers, about half of that. Oh wow! And that that is the secret. Huh? Well, we'll have to try chili, that. Chili. Anybody can make chili. What kind of seasoning do you use? I just use a little bit of uh, salt and pepper, McCormick seasoning. Uh, but that salsa is what really kicks that off. You put onions in with your meat or celery? I do. I do put, put celery? I, no celery. My wife, just she's not a celery person. So uh, the salsa is the, the ticket there. Yeah, for my chili, the uh, secret ingredient, it, believe it or not, is uh, spicy V8 juice. There you go. And that then I, worked. Yep, and then I add a, uh, two cans of corn to it. Yeah, yep. well, I like corn and chili. You know, we always put uh, Rotel. Yeah, a oh, can oh. a can or two of Rotel. Yeah, you got to have that uh, in, in with the chili. Yeah, yeah. Just, that just makes it good. And and when uh, Miss Nina's not looking, I like to chop up a jalapeno, fresh jalapeno, and put it in there too. <laughs> <laughs> That'll give a little spice. That'll give a little. I tell you, when we when we do our fried potatoes, yeah, put onions and green peppers in that. Mm-hmm. When you put them down on the coals in your little cooker, put the lid on it and let that flavor really soak up in there. Yeah, do you use butter or do you use oil? I use just a little bit of bacon grease. Oh, there you go. That'll okay. work too. Make them a little bit crispy, won't it? Right, yeah. yeah. If you want them crispy on the bottom, when you put that lid on there, man, it soaks those onions up and that soft, top's kind of soft there. Man, they are good. Mm. Yeah, I know when I cooked the uh, chili at the fire station for 20 years, every time people knew I was cooking chili that night, I'd have so many pots going with different, you know, uh, temperatures of each one, you know, hot, spicy, mild, whatever. But all of a sudden, we got fire trucks and ambulances from other sections of the city just happened to have to swing by to grab equipment. <laughs> and especially if they knew we were out on a fire call, we'd come back, we'd have to hide our pots before we left because we, we'd come back and have to pot be gone from another department coming over. <laughs> it was not fun. Yeah. Tell us about your sausage biscuits and gravy. What do you do different than everybody else? Do you do it just like everybody else, or are you doing something different? Uh, it's probably just a traditional sausage gravy. Yeah. Uh, we, we do use bacon grease for that as well. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. Again, yes, the bacon grease is the key when you go to making the gravy. Any special seasoning for your gravy? Salt and pepper. Salt and pepper. Salt and pepper. What about you, Wayne? What about you, Redbone? What do you use for your gravies? I usually use a fork and biscuits. <laughs> I, you know, I don't make gravy. Miss Nina makes the gravy always, and she makes the best gravy, so I just leave that to her. Actually, I'm going to back up Redbone on that. I don't make gravy either, so I was going to say my secret recipe is my wife. She's the one that makes it, and I'm the one that eats it. Right, so, Tim, you, you also mentioned that you all do some soup, uh, different kinds of soup during deer camp. Uh, what's the, what's, what, what is the most popular soup that you make? Uh, probably potato soup. Mm. That's, uh, finding a good potato soup is, is tough and making one's tough. It mm-hmm. takes several hours to, to, do, a good to do a good potato soup. Uh, I want to back up real quick on that gravy. If you'll use, uh, after it's made and when you get ready to put it on your old biscuits, put some grape jelly in there. <laughs> a little bit of grape jelly in that, man, really tunes that gravy up. Hmm. I've never even heard of doing that. I'm going to try that out. Yeah, I'm going to try that, too. Yeah, I'll, I'll try be trying that, that this Sunday. Yeah, that's a, wow. That's a good, Hillbilly, 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 Hillbilly. Hillbilly. 
You know, whoever invented whoever invented that was eating biscuits and gravy and a biscuit with grape jelly on it, and the jelly dripped into their gravy. And they just ate it. They just ate it by accident and thought, "Man, that's good." Absolutely, absolutely. Wow. The uh, the secret to uh, good potato soup, I believe, is the cream cheese that you put in it. Oh, really? Right. Yep, yep. You can cook that and do the, the boiling and everything and your broth and everything, but put the cream cheese in there at the end, and it'll make the difference. And wow. butter. I and don't. Butter. <laughs> I say I don't even use cream cheese. That's a new one to me. I've always used heavy whipping cream. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Cream hmm. cheese really puts a good taste to it. Wow. Well, let me give you one, Tim, that you might want to try sometime. And, and okay. this may be something you may know, and a lot of people know because I've I've actually uh, used this several times on on the Redbone show that I do uh, every morning because I do recipes from time to time. And that is something that's called a milk can stew, and you can make it without a milk can. But it, but it came from the cowboys out on the range. They used to make what they called a milk can stew, and they would use a milk can, and in the bottom they'd put their potatoes, and then they'd layer in onions and green peppers, some cabbage, and cut it in pretty big chunks. And then they would mix in uh, something like some smoked sausage or some, uh, uh, you know, whatever kind of sausages you want to put. Uh, you can put some shrimp in there, and on top put some of that uh, little baby uh, corn that you can buy frozen. Or I use regular corn on the cob mm-hmm. and just break it, break it into small pieces and put that in the top. Put the lid on and let it cook. And what you can do, Tim, is you can put this on about noon, and then when everybody comes back in from the woods at, after the evening hunt, your milk can stew is going to be done. You just pour it out in a big pan, kind of like you do a crawfish boil, and right. everybody can just pick and choose if they want you know, potatoes and onions and shrimp, or if they want sausage. I mean, it, it really is a great way to feed a lot of people, and uh, everybody just loves it. And I always put a little bit of Cajun seasoning in mine. Okay. And, that, I, and, I, and, I'm, and, and you got to put some butter in, of course. On every layer, you got to put some butter to help cook, or everything's just going to burn up. But, uh, yeah, milk can stew, they call it, or a cowboy stew. Uh, you just put it, put it on your fire and let it cook low and slow for about four or five hours. It is fantastic. That sounds good, Red Bone. I'm going to try that out and let you know how the reviews are. All right, yeah. And if you don't, if you don't have a milk can, just uh, and you can actually buy milk cans, little miniature milk cans, just for yeah. making milk cans too. Or I always use just a cast iron, uh, a big cast iron skillet, mm-hmm. like yep. a big like a big Dutch oven, and put that right on the coals. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds good. Hey Tim, when I you want guys to say this, everybody listen and uh, follow Tim Rowland. On his Facebook, he's not a big social media guy, but he might. We might get him to post some pictures of deer camp, some of these recipes. If you want to follow him, Tim Rowland, uh, you can find him on Facebook. Also, if you want to learn more about Beezer Industrial Professionals, go to www.beezervip.com because we got people listening all over the country. If you're an industrial plant maintenance manager or planner, you can contact us. Go to our website, look at the work that we do. And uh, we'll be glad to visit with you and uh, come and look at your projects. Uh, I want to thank you again, Tim, for being on the show. Wayne, back to you. Yeah, as I say, I got one more question here for Tim, and that is when you guys are getting your deer in deer camp as they start rolling in, what is the first cut of meat you take off to cook for that next day or that evening? Oh, man, it's going to be that old tenderloin. Okay. (laughs) I've heard people actually say the neck was their, their favorite cut to take because they love making the stew out of the neck. And that's what I like using my neck meat for. It's just an all-stew meat. But um, And then, of course, you get people say, oh, they like using the heart to make sandwiches for the next day. And But, um, yeah, tenderloin, I'm telling you, that's yeah. uh, 
Well, you got to take the like that inner and outer tenderloin. Mm. That that'll get you fired up right there. Sure enough. But uh, oh well, hey, we're gonna leave it there because now I got to go eat because I'm I'm hungry as heck now. <laughs> but uh, folks, you've been listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge, Wayne Locke, Mike Crace, and Tim Rowland is our guest. And uh, if your mouth ain't watering now, then there's something obviously wrong with you. So we need to get out, cut it loose here. We're gonna get on out of here, go eat some dinner. You guys do the same. Enjoy deer camp, everybody. When you're out there, if you don't have a deer camp, try and find one you can uh, participate in. Uh, Tim said he's filled up this year and probably for the next twenty. So I wouldn't bother calling him. Yeah. But uh, we'll get out here and uh, again, everybody, please leave a review, get drawn, win some prizes. We got some great ones coming up. And like we say here at American Roots. When your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind.